0: The following is an Encore episode of Catholic Review Radio.
1: This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Catholic Review Radio is a weekly radio program and podcast hosted by Catholic Review Media, the news operation of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic partners for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to our listeners each week.
0: Welcome to Catholic Review Radio. I'm George Matasek. Being able to reflect on our own stories and the everyday details of our lives is critical to growing in our faith, Joining us to talk about how to do that is Eric Clayton, a parishioner of St. Ignatius in Baltimore, who serves as Deputy Director of Communications at the Jesuit Conference of Canada and the United States. Eric, who previously worked for Baltimore-based Catholic Relief Services, is the author of Cannonball Moments, Telling Your Story, Deepening Your Faith. Drawing on the spiritual insights of St. Ignatius Loyola, the book encourages readers to develop a healthy sense of self-reflection as a means of drawing closer to Christ. Here's our interview with Eric Clayton. Eric Clayton, thanks so much for being here on Catholic Review Radio.
2: Good to be with you. Thanks for
0: having me on. Great to have you. So for listeners who might not be familiar with St. Ignatius, could you describe what you mean by cannonball moments? Sure. So the cannonball moment is something, you know, we say a lot in the uh, kind of the Jesuit Ignatian world,
2: um, and, and it, it points to a very specific moment in the life of St. Ignatius, long before he was a saint, uh, Ignatius was a, kind of a quasi royal you know, soldier, kind of a type of character, um, and and he you know he liked to fight, he liked to you know pursue his romantic interests, and and he found himself kind of leading the charge at the Battle of Pamplona, um, and uh, you know he he said we're gonna we're gonna keep fighting, we're not gonna surrender um, when he really probably should have. Um, and as a result, he literally got hit by a cannonball. Uh, it just shattered one of his legs, terribly injured the other, and of course, you know, killed tons of, tons of his, his fellow soldiers. Um, so as a result of this, you know, cannonball strike, very serious, you know, war injury, um, he finds himself laid out at his home in Loyola, uh, and he's, he, he's recovering. And the only books available to him are, uh, a book on, on the life of Christ and a book on the saints. And he's sitting there and he's, he's, he's praying with these, he's reading these, and he's, he's discovering that he finds himself much more drawn to these stories of, of Christ and serving God's mission in the world um, than he does in uh, his previous life, his kind of, you know, romantic and, and, uh, and, and soldierly pursuits. Um, and as a result, he, he has this kind of slow conversion uh, that uh, because he's struck by this cannibal, he has this terrible injury, uh, you know, God is able to speak to him, uh, you know, even, even amidst the tragedy, right? Um, and that's the beginning, really, of, of his conversion story. And, and after that, he refers to himself as, as a pilgrim. Um, and from there, you know, he he sets out to you know learn the, the things of God and and, uh, and do God's work. And so, when we talk about cannonball moments in our lives, you know, we ask ourselves, what are those big moments um, that that sometimes uh, really cause us to, to reassess and, and, uh, and stop and look around and um, and, and take stock. And sometimes those moments are big and, and traumatic, and sometimes those moments might be quieter and, uh, and, and really uh, uh, demand that we, we look closely and, and pay close attention.
0: What I love about your book is you, you talk about some of your own cannonball moments in, in your own life, and or early on in your book, you talk about an experience you had at a crepe shop in Baltimore that kind of crystallized for you how there can be sometimes a gap between what we would like to be as Christians and who we are in reality. Could you sh- share that story a little bit with our reader, our listeners? Yeah, of course.
2: I, um, you know, I think this is a good example of, of a quiet, you know, quote, unquote, cannonball moment, because uh, it's a very, I'm sure listeners will, will resonate with a lot of folks. You know, I was uh, I was with friends and, and we were kind of just walking through Baltimore City. We were on our way down to the harbor. Um, this is, you know, probably 10 years ago now. Um, and I was new to the city and, and new to city living. Um, and we were uh, we're stopping for lunch at a, at a crepe shop in the city. And um, and we passed to kind of a, an individual who uh, was unhoused. Um, and, and he, this man came up to us, you know, you know, kindly and, and asked if, if, we could spare some change. And, and my immediate response was, was, whoa, like, no, get away. Like, avert my eyes and, and, uh, uh, and, and, you know, reach for the door and try to get out of the way. Um, and, and my friends, you know, much better people than, than me, uh, stopped and, and, and looked this, this individual in the eye and, and said, hey, you know, we don't have any change, but we'd love to buy you a crepe. And you know, what can we get for you? They held the door for him. And I was just so struck by the, uh, the differences in our in our you know struck and embarrassed, frankly, by the differences in our reaction. Um, you know, and, and I saw, wow, like my knee jerk reaction uh, when faced with with an individual in need, you know, who's who's coming up and, and asking me for you know a little bit of help, um, was was to, to shy away, was to uh, you know avert my gaze. Um, and my friends did the opposite. And uh, I think you know we all uh, we all hear the Good Samaritan story, right? And we assume that we would stop <laughs> and and help the individual who's who's been uh, kind of uh, forgotten on the roadside, um, but but I discovered very very uh, in, in very in real time that that was not what I did. Um, that was not my my reaction, and I needed to do some thinking about that. Um, and so that that story again, and it happened so early on in my time in Baltimore, and certainly Baltimore is a city that, that has a lot of folks that are are are, are in need um, of various things, and uh, and so, so it was happening so early to me in my time in Baltimore, it really changed and challenged me as I as I go through the day. I go through you know, my own kind of uh, commute or my own walks on the streets, and I don't get it right every time. You know, I certainly wouldn't say that that moment has made me, you know, the, uh, you know, a saint on the streets there. But, um, but it certainly uh, has stuck with me, you know, all these years later, and um, and does make me say, oh, I need to, I need to meet this person's eyes. I need to see what this person needs. I need to, um, you know, be a person, uh, you know, for and with
0: others. Yeah, it sounds like it really forced you to evaluate what your values really are.
2: Yeah. So in, in my book I, I spend some time talking about the importance of values and, and kind of uncovering our values and um, and really understanding you know, holding up to the light and getting a good look at them um, because I think again we often say oh uh, you know I'm, I, I care about those in need I care about feeding the hungry I care about you know peace and justice um, but then when push comes to shove uh, we don't necessarily act on it um, and, and and I think that figuring out what this you know what's the gap between who we are and who we'd like to be is, is really key and, and that and without Figuring out what that gap is, what the space in between is, we can't be, begin to bridge that gap. We can't, uh, again, become the person that, that that we desire to be, that God desires that we we become. Um, and so, you know, for for me, for for my values, I, I you know, the other thing is I, I spent a lot of time in the book talking about um, some of my experience with refugees. I had a, a really powerful experience um, in Jordan just before you know the pandemic kind of uh, closed down the world. Um, but, but but working being with a community of folks that. Uh, uh, the Jesuits were, were working with there. Um, and, and this made me think about, you know, what, what, what is this, what what about this experience helps me to live out my values or, or shines a light on my values? And, and how does that mean I need to, to act differently? And so that, that affects how I vote. That affects how I spend my money. That affects how I, um, tell stories and, and share stories, both in, in my professional work and in my personal work. Um, it affects how I, you know, treat and talk to my children. Um, you know, how am I bringing them up to, to care for other people? And so these values, you know, it isn't just, uh, it, it becomes most clear, I think, in, in these kind of knee-jerk reactions, you know, maybe in front of a crepe shop or, or maybe sitting with a community of, of, of refugees in Jordan, but, but we do the work of living out and, and exercising those values um, in our everyday lives, in surprising places sometimes.
0: You, you talk a lot about this notion of storytelling. Uh, could you share with our listeners what are some of the practical ways people can use storytelling in their own spiritual lives and, and maybe a little bit on why it's important to think about our own stories and, and how they connect to the stories of, of the people around us?
2: Sure, yeah. I, I really have grown to really think of storytelling as a real kind of spiritual practice. And I think that's because the, the very act of, of telling our story, of sharing our story, of recognizing that we have a story to tell, I think is a faith act, is a, is a spiritual act. It's it's recognizing that God has been at work in our lives in in utterly unique and essential ways. Um, God is working through us. You know, God God has kind of desired that we work and act in the world. Um, and and the work of storytelling is figuring out how and why and and ultimately where we're being invited to go. Um, so I think as we as we do that work. Um, we again, we, we come up against this fact that our stories are intrinsically important. I think too often uh, we look at our lives and we say, oh, I don't have a story to tell, or oh, like my, my story pal- pales in comparison to someone else's. And that comparative work is unhelpful, completely unhelpful. We need to look at, at ourselves and know that our, our stories are important. They're different than other people's, um, but my story is, you know, I have a story worth telling because I, I have a life worth living, right? And, and so does everyone else. I think as kind of what your question points to it, if I recognize that about myself, that my story is important and unique and essential, then how, how, that's exactly the same way we got to look at other people too, that other people's stories are, are unique and essential and worth telling. So how can people do this in their spiritual lives? Well, one of the... Um, one of the tools, the Ignatian spiritual tools that, um, I find helpful. And I think is really, uh, I write about in my book is, is the examine. And the examine is a, is a daily prayer that St. Ignatius, uh, invited, you know, his Jesuits and, and, you know, by extension, all of us really to pray each day. And it's a simple prayer. It's a prayer where we, um, we pause, we recognize that, you know, God is, is all around us always, um, and, and, and desiring our, our, uh, you know, our, our good, our goodness, um, and we give, we give thanks for that. We give thanks for, for God at work in our lives. And then we, we go through the day and we say, where has God been at work? Um, where, where have I not paid enough attention to God at work or to God at work in other people? Um, where have I neglected my values, my responsibilities? Where have I fallen short? And where have I succeeded? Where, where have I found joy and, and, and been joy to other people? Um, you know, so we look at the light, we look at the shadows, and we look at it with the Holy Spirit uh that's what the the work of the examine is and that is necessarily a a practice of storytelling we're telling the story of our day of our week of our year of our life as we go through and recognize god is god is here god has been here all along and god desires um you know, goodness for us as a as a result and and if that's true for us it's true for everybody
0: one of the things you point out when you talk about the examine is it, it gives you a chance to, to look at the details of your life on a daily basis. And, and then you can kind of connect those details to a larger narrative of your life. And sometimes it's kind of taking things that might be kind of disparate and, and joining them together. Could, could you talk about that and, and maybe give us a couple examples of examples of how that worked in your own life?
2: Sure. You know, I, I, um, Early on in the book, I read about an experience I had um, in Vietnam. I was there with Catholic Relief Services, um, doing some kind of film and and, and writing work. And um, and we were out in the you know we're trying to get a story right to to share with with folks uh, in the U.S. Um, and and you can imagine you know, were in Vietnam, we're in kind of the rice paddies, and it's very colorful and bright, and there's a lot going on, and there's also a lot of you know real real hardship and suffering, and uh, people working really hard to um, to make a living and to provide for their families and. And, and they're doing this with uh, uh, the most kind of tangible way that they that we're we're there with them is is this family is, is, is picking snails um, out of the the rice paddies. This is it was a source of nutrition. Um, it was a source of income. Uh, it was a really uh, it was a really cool thing to be a part of, honestly. Um, but it was hard. It was a hard hard work. And you're you're looking at these very small snails. Uh, and you're you're picking them out of the muck, and and uh, we, we walk with the family back to their home, and they're uh, you know they're cleaning them, and they're and they're uh, they're, they're packaging them up to be sold. Um, it's it's really a whole very involved process, um, and and they get the you know whatever money that, that the, the people are going to pay for the for the snails, and and they also you know use the it feed. Um, it's it kind of is part of the the family's uh, nutritional intake, right? And so as, as I think about these these little details, like so the story, of the snail, like, there's a lot of really compelling. Uh, visual and, and descriptive details. You know, we're in the rice paddies, we're picking snails out, and we're, uh, it's sunny, it's hot, you know, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, hard work going on. Um, but what's the story? What are these details pointing to? Um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, we say that, um, uh, you know, in the book, I, I use the expression, you know, God is in the details. We often say the devil's in the details, but God is actually, we're, we're encountering God in these very small, um, um, almost intimate moments of, of our lives. And, but what are they pointing to? What's that big, the big picture? Um, so it, it, at CRS we, we tell these stories of hope, right? Um, so hope is what, what we're pointing to, but, but it's pointing to, to relationship. Um, you know, these the, the stories of snails aren't really stories of snails, right? They're stories of hard work, of family love, of, of, of people that are that are that are giving all they have, you know, for their children, for the next generation. So you can see how, uh, you know, the image of a snail is, is a good specific one. It's a good specific detail picked out of the rice paddy. But, but what are we really picking out of that rice paddy? You know, in some ways, you're, you're picking out hope. You're picking out a future. You're picking out, um, you know, the opportunity for, for the daughter to, uh, to go to school. And I think that that's what we can see when we do the examine in our lives. When we, when we look at our own stories, the details of our stories, we see, you know, what these little details are, are able to point to, to kind of lift up our gaze. Um, you know, from, from you know, our, ourselves or from our, um, the plight of our, you know, immediate existence um, to, to what's beyond, to what we're working towards and, and to what God's inviting us to, frankly.
0: Well, our guest today is Eric Clayton. He's the author of Cannonball Moments, Telling Your Story, Deepening Your Faith. We're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we'll continue our conversation. I'm George Matasek. You're listening to Catholic Review Radio.
2: Every child enters the world with limitless potential. Potential of mind. Potential of body. Potential of spirit. If there was only a place where that potential could be nurtured and challenged every day, where the limits of greatness, once unseen, could now be within reach, Catholic schools
3: rise above.
2: Hi, I'm Gary Sinise. Our veterans put everything on the line to protect our freedom. We may never be able to repay them for their sacrifice, but we can show them just how much we appreciate all they've done. You can help by simply sharing your time, lending a warm smile, a supportive hand, or a sympathetic ear to someone who needs it. Everyone can do something to make veterans know just how much we appreciate
3: their service. Please visit www.volunteer.va.gov. What will you do? Catholic News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. Thousands of records detailing requests to the Vatican made by Jewish people persecuted by the Nazis will be made available online to the public, the Vatican announced. In a statement released June 23rd, the Vatican said universal access to the documentation, which has been available to researchers since March of 2020, was made, quote, at the request of the Holy Father. The documentation aims, quote, to preserve the petitions for help from Jewish people all over Europe received by Pope Pius XII during the Nazi fascist persecution, the statement said. The archival series consists of a total of 170 volumes, equivalent to nearly 40,000 digital files. An initial 70% of the complete material will be made available initially before being integrated with the final volumes that are currently being worked on, the Vatican said. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. From the newsroom of The Catholic Review, I'm Kevin Parks.
4: With inviting surroundings, complete independence, and an unmatched quality of life, Mercy Ridge is the unparalleled choice for your retirement lifestyle. It's a way of living that promotes an active, healthier life. Located in Timonium, Maryland, Mercy Ridge Continuing Care Retirement Community features a beautifully landscaped 32-acre campus. The grounds, dining, and recreational amenities and residences are designed to provide a gracious lifestyle and a variety of exciting activities. Visit MercyRidge.com
1: This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Welcome back to Catholic Review Radio.
0: Our guest today is Eric Clayton. He's the author of Cannonball Moments, Telling Your Story, Deepening Your Faith. Eric, uh, Ignatian spirituality very much encourages believers to use their imaginations to put themselves in a specific gospel passage. Could you talk a little bit about how that works and, and how people could use that in their own lives to kind of deepen their, their faith and their relationship with Christ? Sure, I, I mean I think Ignatian spirituality uh, hinges on the imagination, and and when we think about the imagination. We think I mean like
2: you talk about storytelling, we're talking about creativity in general. Um, you know the imagination is our entry point there, and and so you know you asked a question earlier about storytelling and spirituality, how those things connect. You know God is at work in our imagination, and and entering through that you know that portal, if you will, is is a great way to meet God through our stories. Um, and, and through our faith lives. So, so in Ignatian spirituality, and particularly in um, the Spiritual Exercises, which is that great text that that thing Ignatius himself wrote, um, that retreat, uh, you know, for four weeks to you know to to grow in, in deeper love of, of Jesus. In that in that retreat, he, off, he encourages us to uh, to use our imaginations to put ourselves in the story. So, what does that mean? That means that if I'm if I'm encountering Jesus in the desert, right, looking at the, the temptations, if you will. Um, I, I don't just, you know, read the words on the page as an academic or, or, or sit and think, Oh, well, you know, let me go through these these three temptations, this means this, this means that. I'm I'm invited to be with Jesus in the desert, to feel the sand uh, you know blowing on my on my on my skin, to, to feel the heat of the sun, to, to feel my own thirst, um, and to be there and feel that uh, in companionship with Jesus. And, and what does that do? Why, why do we do that? Because we come into deeper understanding then through our senses, right? God works through our senses, and, and by experiencing the stories of Jesus, you know, with Jesus, through our senses, we're able to, to come into conversation with Jesus in a new way. We're able to, um, to find how we react in these, in these certain situations, in these stories. Um, you know, we, we might be invited to, to play the role of someone in the story um, that we weren't, you know, it surprises us. Maybe we're a disciple. Maybe we're a, um, you know, Martha or Mary. Maybe we're um, a completely different person, you know, a different character. Um, and then we see, how does that, how did that hit us? You know, again, I referenced the Good Samaritan earlier in in our conversation. What if we put ourselves in that story? Who are we in that story? Sometimes uh, we might be the Good Samaritan. Sometimes we might be the person on on the road in the ditch. Uh, Sometimes we might be one of those people that are passing by those in need. So, you know, Ignatian spirituality is is all about, again, taking, you know, merging our story with God's story, and, and God invites us in. God invites us to again. The, the scripture isn't isn't a dead text. It's it's meant to be lived. It's meant to be experienced. And I think Ignatian spirituality really gives us the tools to to do that.
0: Engaging the imagination in that way is is not easy, though. It involves real effort, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think that um, uh, you know, it's, it's it's tempting to 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 move through our prayer quickly. I, you know, I I do this all time. You know, and I say, okay, well, you know, I I have uh, ten minutes. Uh, we're good to go. Um, but, but, you know, engaging imagination means really sitting in, and composing the scene, to use kind of Ignatian language, to say, okay, I'm in the desert. You know, what does that mean? What do I feel? What, what, um, what do I taste? What do I smell? Ignatius really invites us to use those senses, and, and, um, and that takes time. That, that, that can be uncomfortable. Uh, can, you can feel maybe a little silly doing it. But, um, but it, 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 you know, he calls them the spiritual exercises. And, and just like with any exercise, you have to use the muscle uh, to get better at it and, 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 and to go deeper into it. Ultimately, it's all grace. It's all God at work, um, in our lives and in our stories, uh, in, in, in and it's, and God's going to be the one that, that, you know, kind of guides us into the prayer. Um, but we have to, you know, be, be available and, and to respond generously.
0: When you think of storytelling, uh, you, you automatically, even in the name storytelling, you're, you're telling a story, you're, you're speaking, but it's not just about speaking. It's also about listening. And you talk about this a lot in your book, um, could you uh, t- talk a little bit about how people can take the time to listen, especially in today's self centered culture when everything is, is kind of opinion driven and agenda driven, and, and, and that kind of listening seems to be a lost art?
2: You know, I, I think, yeah, it's almost the same as in prayer, right? We need to sit and be present to people. Uh, you know, I, I, it, it is hard. I think you're right. Like, you know, especially with, with social media, you know, we're, we're incentivized to come up with an opinion, an opinion fast uh, that's, you know, black and white. And, uh, and that's it. And we stick to it. It's, you know, it's very few words and, and, and then our opinion is made. And that's not, that's not how you enter into dialogue or into conversation. Um, that's how you make a, maybe an unhelpful impression on people. I think that, I think to, to listen in, in a meaningful way means to sit, uh, and to with, you know, maybe present to the, the fears, the concerns. Um, the hopes, the dreams of, of people that might be very different than, 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 than we are. That might, you know, come at a certain issue in mean, a very different way, in a way that makes us uncomfortable, in a way that, um, you know, upsets us. But that's all right, because, again, this is a person, you know, made in the image and likeness of God. Um, this is a person who God also loves and delights in. And, and, and we owe it to that person to sit and to be present and to hear. And, and I think that sometimes one of the things I read about in the book here is, you know, if, if, if we allow for that, Space, you know, for 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 difficult conversations, but for honest listening um, to happen, we might be surprised by the outcome. We might be surprised to find, oh, we do share values, and and they may have led us in different ways, but but we we need to sit and, and talk and 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 hear out, you know, what is it about whatever issue is upsetting this person or, or or driving this person to this decision, and and then we need to you know to act on that, right? I mean, listening doesn't mean that we surrender our values or that we um, or that we don't, uh, you know, speak speak the truth, of course. But it, but it does mean that we might might speak it more generously, or or we might welcome, you know, make the tent bigger, welcome more people into the conversation um, instead of just assuming uh, that they hold a, a view different than ours, or um, they, you know, this person is too far gone, we can't possibly dialogue with with uh, this person. So it just you know, it's hard. It's not an easy thing, right? But it's um it's worth it's worth the time, and I think it's what we're called to do.
0: How can people share their stories, especially those cannonball moments that you write about? I, I think I saw that the Jesuits are, are sharing some video reflections from people just telling about their cannonball moments. Could you talk about that?
2: Yeah. So, so this year is actually an Ignatian year, and and it's the 500th anniversary of uh, the cannonball moment, so that, that Ignatian, Ignatius was you know struck by right. Um, and so the uh, uh, the Roman Curia, the Jesuits in Rome um, have have invited uh, people all around the world to share. Um, their own cannonball moments, uh, you know, a time, a time when, again, uh, their, their lives were kind of turn, turned around uh, and, and, and they really had to sit and assess uh, and take, take stock. Um, and so, uh, yeah, you know, folks can find those, uh, those videos on YouTube um, and, uh, and, 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 yeah, are, are they are invited to, to contribute their own. Um, if, they're, if they're looking, they would like to, they're more than, more than welcome to get in touch
0: with me. And we have about a minute left. Uh, could you talk about how you hope people will use your book and, and how people can get a copy of your book?
2: Sure. So, um, my book is, uh, available through Loyola Press. Uh, you can get it in all the, uh, the normal book places, uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, your local bookstore. Um, if you just search, uh, uh, for cannonball moments and telling your story, deepening your faith online, you can find it. Uh, you also can find, um, uh, me. If you look for ericclaytonwrites.com. uh, you can get the book through that site as well. Um, you know, how do I hope people use the book? I hope the book is an opportunity for people to realize that their story is important and essential, um, and and that it's calling them to come into to dialogue with other people. Each at the end of each chapter, I have a, a, a storytelling exercise, which is an opportunity to engage in uh, in prayer and scripture um, and some reflection and some writing. Um, and so, I hope by the end of the book, people have done that
0: uh, and and really have come to new insight into their own stories. Well, our guest today has been Eric Clayton. He's the author of Cannonball Moments, Telling Your Story, Deepening Your Faith. Eric, thanks again for being here. Thank you,
2: George.
0: For Catholic Review Radio, I'm George Matasek. Thanks for listening.
2: You're probably not getting much church news in your daily newspaper or on your local TV station. The Catholic Review is the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the Catholic Church full-time. There are so many ways to stay in touch with The Catholic Review. Pick up the monthly magazine at your parish or have it delivered to your home. Get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. Subscribe to our e-newsletter for twice-weekly updates. Just text CR Media to 84576.
0: Follow The Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Catholic Review Media will inspire, teach, inform, and engage you wherever your faith takes you. Read it today in print or online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org.
4: Tune in to Catholic Review Radio next week. Available on WMET 1160 AM and 103.1 FM. Also, WSJF 92.7 FM in the Sykesville area and WVTO 92.7 FM in Baltimore City. Check us out on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app.
1: Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Review Radio. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death, amen. May Almighty God bless us and keep us always in his love.